Five, four, three, two, one. The players are here, the fans are here, and so are we, so let's do it. It's ABL Shootaround with Chuck Schreiner and Scott McKinnon. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the shoot around presented by Chuck Shiner and Scotty McKinnon. Unfortunately, our boy Chuck Shiner is not here this week. Um, he's taking the week off because he's going to be hanging out with the master podcaster himself, our mentor, uh, Mr. Eric Mink, one of the top PBA players of all time, top 40 PBA players of all time. Uh, and he's going to be speaking and guesting on his uh, podcast, Major Pain. So, big shout out to Eric Mink. Uh, if you want to check out that, we'll give you some details at the end of the, the day. But luckily enough, we have someone else to uh, hang out here with, and it's uh, Mr. Jenny Leung, the former Brent International School alum, all APAC uh, performer, three-time all APAC performer for Brent International School, uh, the two-time uh, RS, how do I say it? RSEC? RSEQ. R, one more time? Or just call it the Q. The Q, the Q, the Q, which is uh, a conference in U Sports, which is the Canadian Division One Basketball League. He is uh, a two-time Q second-team All-Star, one-time Q first-team All-Star. He's a U Sports Final Eight All-Tournament Team player, eighth in the country of Canada in three-point percentages for 40% in all-time in his career, which led the Q, um, which is Division One basketball in Canada, Canada. But more importantly, he is the first ever guest on Shoot Around Podcast, Mr. Jenny Leung. Jenny Leung, good to see you, buddy. Thanks for having me on the pod. Yeah, and so Jenny is a, is a longtime friend, and I've known him for a long time. And he, uh, he played in the ABL this year. And we've got him here to talk a little bit about his uh, experience growing up, a little bit about him in college in Canada, and a little bit about him as an ABL professional basketball player. This year he played for two teams. He played for the Zoo High uh, Wolf Warriors, and then halfway through the year, he switched in the transfer period over to uh, the Macau Black Bears. On the season, in his first year as a rookie, as a local here in the ABL, he averaged 20 minutes a game, uh, 7.6 points per game, 2.6 rebounds, 2.0 uh, assists on 38% shooting from the three-point line and 81 from the foul line. So Jenny Leung had a fantastic rookie year, and luckily enough, he's traveling through uh, Singapore to check out the city and have a good time here and he's decided to come on the podcast. So what do you think of Singapore so far, Jen? Uh, I've been to Singapore a bunch of times and I love it. It's just a great place. Yeah, what do you like about it? Um, it's really, it's clean. <laughs> That's the major thing. Yeah, um, fishing, right? Yeah, fishing, clean, like great food, great place to go out to, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Singapore and I've been here for six years now and I just love the multiculturalism as well. Yeah, food and and just what a place you can get anywhere and that's the kind of thing that I love about Singapore is you can see the entire country or this entire island uh, very easily because of the, the efficiency that the Singaporeans run with and they run their country with so uh, Jen we're going to talk a little bit about your uh, basketball career and how you uh, how you, were, you got into basketball so you were um, you're a Canadian uh, Chinese Canadian right? yes okay your father is Chinese your mother's Canadian correct yeah. you grew up in the Philippines well yeah first I was born in the States and then when I was one, we moved to the Philippines because my dad had a job there. And then since I was one, I grew up to the Philippines, so I was finished high school. And then for university, went to Canada, stayed there, played there, stayed there and studied, and then played five years at McGill University. And then this is my first year back in Asia. Oh, crazy. So you've been all over the place. You're one of those third culture kids, eh? Yeah. So tell me, what was it like growing up in the Philippines as a, a Chinese-Canadian kid? 
Well, I never actually thought about it as being a Chinese Canadian kid. Like, Philippines is basically my home. Um, so I don't know anything else but the Philippines, really. I mean, during uh, Christmas and the summers, I'd go back to Canada. But the Philippines has been home for my, all my life. Yeah, so your mom is a teacher, correct? Yeah, she's, okay. yeah. Yeah, principal teacher, principal teacher educator. Yeah, yeah. your your father is a scientist. Yeah, rice scientist. Oh, crazy! And so you you grew up outside of Manila, right? Yeah, two and hours outside. What was it called again? That area? Los Banos. Okay, and so what's it like out there in Los Banos? Uh, not much to do. We live sort of on a, a mountain. It's called Mount Makiling. Um, not much to do. I definitely had to take a two-hour drive every time I wanted to do something in the city. Uh, but yeah, I, I got to just focus and play basketball every day. We had a little court. My brother used to play there. I'd follow him to the courts, and that's basically what there was to do in Los Banos. Okay, so you, you talked about your brother. Is that kind of who, who got you into basketball and who got you playing? Definitely, yeah. Okay, so he was kind of your role model and your mentor growing up? For then? sure, yeah. Okay, what's his name again? Kylan Leon. Yeah, Kylan Leon. Okay, and so would you guys, did, did he pick up basketball at an early age? Was he into it? Was he a... Yeah, so he grew up in the States when he was a, when he was a kid, and uh, he... He played a bunch of sports, baseball, basketball, um, but I think he grew to love basketball after watching uh, Michael Jordan all the time. And when he came to the Philippines, he kept playing basketball. And then when I showed up, I just, of course, I just followed my bigger brother and fall, fell in love with basketball. Yeah, he's a pretty good basketball player, wasn't he? Oh yeah, grade eight stud. Yeah, grade yeah, eight yeah, stud. Great. He, 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 uh, he's always liked to compare himself to Andre Miller. Hey, he said he's got a little bit of Andre Miller in his. Oh game. yeah, below the rim. Below, below the, the rim. rim. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Not the best athlete. In the no, world, no, no, right? no. But but he has a solid post game. <laughs> from the guard position, right? Yeah, from the guard position. Okay, so so we got your brother Andre Miller. Who did you grow up to? What what professional basketball players did you kind of follow and and, and kind of emulate your game after? Mm, well, I always loved Steve Nash because he's from Canada. And he has a great game, but uh. I'm always, I've been a Jason Kidd fan as well. Oh, well done. Yeah, but wow. I wouldn't say my game's exactly like those guys. Um, but I, those are the guys I admire because they're not, well, Steve Nash wasn't particularly athletic, but he's still super efficient and effective. And I'm not one of the most athletic guys, so <laughs> you got to make something you mean work. You're not, you're, you're not two hand dunking in the lane? No, no, yeah. barely, barely touching the board. <laughs> Okay, so so then you uh, you transferred and you went to Brenner National School, and that's kind of like a, if you don't know me and Jenny, relation, me and Jenny have a previous relationship. I was lucky enough, uh, lucky enough to coach Jenny in middle school, and so when I moved to the Philippines, I moved to the Philippines because I was trying to play basketball. It didn't really work out for me as an import, so I decided to teach there. And I went into the school called Brent International, and um, Jenny was uh, was a middle school there, and I had the opportunity to coach him and another guy named Matt Heddle, and kind of oh, yeah. walking into of that atmosphere with a guy like Jenny and a guy like Matt, who's a very dynamic uh, two guard, jumps out of the gym crazy. Hyper athlete. athlete. Yeah, it was a little bit like uh, walking into Dollar Dame and uh, CJ McCollum there. So I was very excited as a coach. So tell me, kind of, what was your uh, what was your middle school and high school experience like at, at Brent International School in the Philippines, and and how did that prepare you for for life and for for basketball? Uh, well, it was, it was a. It was a big change because I, before I came to Bren, I was at a small little school in Los Banos, and then I started really loving basketball in grade four. And then like going to Brent was like going to the big leagues almost. So in grade five, I finally got to play on like with like a bigger bigger team where basketball is more of an emphasis. Um, so that was exciting, and I I came in with Matthew as well. Um, but just it's really normal for me because that was basically home. So the Philippines, they just raised me. I like played against Filipinos 
all my life. And uh, if anything, I think what I learned from playing in the Philippines was uh, to play really tough, to work really hard, and uh, to pick and choose when you want to be a little dirty. Yeah, and I think, I, I, and from my playing experiences in the in the Philippines, which is a town as well, so that, that physicality aspect that they have there that is that's fun to play against and only makes it tougher and better, like you said. Definitely. Yeah. And so you and Maddie kind of progressed through high school together. You have a bunch of other players who are really quality on your team, and you you walk through. A, a, you're very lucky to have two really good high, uh, high school coaches there, and uh, Coach Ben Compton and Coach uh, Ryan Alward. Oh, yeah. And so. What was your experience like? And t tell us a little about Brent and what conference they play in and what it looks like there for a high school kid uh, trying to explore his basketball options and, uh, and just, just moving forward from there. Well, in high school, we played in uh, our major tournament at the end of the year. It was called APAC. Uh, so we play a bunch of, I think it was, I think in all of APAC, there's 12 international schools. And every year, you either play six or you play in the Super APAC, which is all 12 teams. Um, so grade 9 and 10, I had Ben Compton, and he basically taught me how to be disciplined and to be able to take a lot of criticism and, <laughs> and uh, use it to become a better basketball player. I like so, it. Yeah, that was good. And then Ryan sort of taught me how to be more humble because grade 11, grade 12, I'd just come from a camp in the States, and I was, thought I was really good, but then you know, he sort of taught me that to be successful and to be a leader of a team, you have to be humble and have humility. Yeah, I like it. That's a really good thing. That's awesome. And so you guys go through APAC. You, you win a couple championships there. Everything looks good. You're a superstar in the Asian Basketball League, but you want to transfer over to, uh, to the States, and you, or you want to go to Canada. So what was that process like for you getting recruited and, and trying to get recruited? Well, it was actually you that helped me. Yeah, uh, we, had a, we, had a, we had a few battles together. Oh, uh, yeah, so we trained nonstop, and then with your connections, you emailed a bunch of coaches out in Canada, set up a couple tryouts, and I flew out with my brother, um, during spring break, and that was one of the most stressful weeks of my life. We we uh, we went to three different schools. I was jet lagged. We uh, I had like multiple workouts with them, and then eventually the last team, which was McGill, which is considered the best team out of the, all three teams I visited. Um, I worked out for them. I was like, may as well. Like, hopefully they'll take me. But I didn't think they would. So I worked out for them. He, the, the assistant coach, John DeAngelis, put me through a crazy workout. I threw up at the end, and since JD's a little crazy himself, he loved it, and he was like, oh, this guy, like, I'll open a roster spot for you if you come next year. So they were the first team to offer me, and I didn't have any other choice but to go there, and it was a great school as well. Yeah, I remember uh, kind of the process of you trying to, us trying to email schools together, and I just remember kind of the, the frustrations that you went through because as a 6'1 Asian Canadian coming from a place that no one knows, especially in the States or North America or Canada, uh, you were, I didn't feel like you were getting a, uh, a fair shake. I didn't feel like people were giving you a chance or giving you the opportunity kind of that you deserve. So uh, I just wanted to kind of, if some kids out there are listening, kind of give them, run them through like what, what was the thought process that went through your head and why did, why did you end up making it and how come you ended up making it? Uh, I'd say... Well, no one, no one's gonna scout some international school in Asia. Like, the first of all, the basketball level is not the same. So, and they also other teams from the states or Canada are looking for homegrown players as well. So, I think that was a major disadvantage from the start. But I think the reason I made it was because I was very passionate about basketball. I had a very strong love for the game, and uh, so I just wanted to work super hard, no matter what. I didn't care about 
if I got to the team and didn't play at all. I just wanted to be on the team. And then once I was there, I was going to work harder than anyone else to eventually be successful and actually get to play. Um, so I think it's just what was the most important thing for me was work ethic and this perseverance. Because there were definitely a lot of lows at the start. But then just work through them and work extremely hard. And normally, you'll get past the lows. Yeah, and I think you did that as well. I think I think you didn't get a lot of love at first, and, and you didn't quit, and, and that kind of grit and perseverance and, and the ability to fight through that adversity was, was your biggest strength moving forward. And before you move on, I I want you to, before we start talking about college, I think you need to uh, recite, and I think you need to sing the Brent uh, fight song for us right now, because I forget what it is. What's the Brent, uh, what's our, come on, you got to have it. Come on, you got to get at least a couple lines in you. I, I don't from even... The, from the mountains to the sea, well, what is it? Oh, it's... <laughs> It's been so. It's been a while. It's been like six years. Yeah, it's already been twelve for um, me. Oh, I the can't. One, the I, one where they all put their arms around each other. It's like through thick and thin, or or like mountains and rivers. No. It's an it's, epic fight song. Yeah, Jay. but I, I can't even remember it. Oh, I feel like I'm not a good alumni to Brent right now. I oh, can't it's remember tough. It either. I, yeah. Oh, I was see both Google of us. It, but, yeah, I, but, yeah. I, but I forgot it. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, if, if anyone out there. Uh, Matthew Heddle, anyone out there, you have to get the Brent fight song, or what is it? Well, Matthew has a little musician in him, so... Yeah, maybe you can, you can mix it up for us, maybe you, maybe you can DJ it up for us, yeah, Matthew. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we need that Brent fight song. So, Jenny, he walks on at, at University of McGill, no scholarship, is essentially their 14th player to start his freshman year, and, and so tell me kind of your freshman experience. McGill University, for people who don't know, it's a Division One school in Canada, in a, in a league called U Sports, which is essentially... Uh, the same as the NCAA Division One in the States. So tell me what that, that freshman year was like. Oh, it was the hardest. I Adjusting to the game in Canada was one of the hardest things I've done. It was just so much faster, a lot really physical too, but the major thing was I had to think faster. So like for me, the, I, I just went 100% speed all the time, and my brain was going at like 200%. The, the key for me was to play fast, but think slowly, like always be composed. And it took me a long time to get there. Um, but yeah, that first year was very difficult. We had a really good team then and finding ways to be successful and actually get minutes were like almost, there was almost no chance. Um, but I, my vets were really good and I learned a lot from them. And they, uh, they were able to instill confidence in me towards the end, so I had a, a good thing going. For the next couple of years. Yeah, and, 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 and your coach, for people who don't know, a guy named Dave DeVere, who's a very uh, highly touted and highly respected basketball coach in, uh, in Canada. And he kind of took over the program at McGill and created it into a national power. And generally, they, I think, what did you make nationals? Four to five years there? Yeah, four to five. But um, he's a very detail-oriented person, and you would know better than me uh, as, as far as him coaching you. And he's, he's not the, the easiest guy in the world, right? He's not the, not the nicest uh, coach in the world, correct? Oh, very correct. Okay, he, so. he, he lets you know when you made a mistake. Yeah, and I heard for that first year, you you were kind of a little bit of his whipping boy. Hey, he was, you, were, you were the person who, I didn't hear this from you, I heard this from another person who was in, a part of the coaching staff, but you were the one who kind of took a lot of the brunt of, yeah. of his wrath that year. So yeah. how, did you, how did you respond to that? Well, I wasn't used to it at the start. I wasn't used to getting screamed at, screamed at every day. Um, at six in the morning, it's not a good feeling. But I think what a lot of the vets told me and the coaches said, like, if he's yelling at you, if he's pointing, singling you out, that means he still cares. The worst thing to happen is when a coach stops talking about you or starts talking to you. Yeah. Um, so I had to adjust to it. And then basically, after a while, I realized, like, what he's 
yelling at you isn't just negatives. He wants you to work on things and improve. So you have to block out some of the like swearing and the expletives, but uh, if you take in the, the real message of what he's saying and you actually work on that, then you're getting better, and he's also going to appreciate that. Yeah, so you go from your freshman year to your sophomore year, and you go from uh, six minutes a game to 24 minutes a game. What was the difference between that, that year right there? Uh, well, in my second year, I started off pretty rough, um, similar to my first year, but then we, there were a couple... Uh, our point guard rotation was pretty thin, so I got a chance to play a little more, and in the games where I actually got some minutes, I was actually... I performed pretty well, and... So my takeaway from that was to just keep working hard, keep working hard, and when you have an opportunity, seize that opportunity, and good things will happen. So, so you go through national, or you go through your university career, and you have a, a fantastic university career. We've already read your accomplishments. You go from a walk-on to be a, a two-time Q second-team All-Star, uh, one-time first-team All-Star. You make the essential, which is U Sports, which is the final eight uh, all-tournament team, which is the equivalent to the Final Four in. Uh, in the states, you have all these different accomplishments there. You're a captain. Your last couple of years there. Um, what was that overall experience for you at, at McGill, and, and what can you say about the school, the city, and, and your coaches and teammates there? Oh, it was the greatest experience I've had probably in my life. Like, um, even though basketball is hard at the start, you, I pushed through it, and then my team. I, I played with them for five years. I like basically grew up with these guys, um, and they become your brothers, become your family. Um, and when you have a close knit like that in university with like a close group of friends like that, it just makes the university experience so much better. Like you always, you're like you study together, you go out together, you get to explore the city. It, it's like a shared experience, and because you're going through highs and lows of the season, it just makes you appreciate what you have even more. Oh, that's awesome, but love it. Okay, so then your your university career is done. Do you think you're playing basketball ever again? Uh, no. Initially, I thought. I'd finish um, my college career and then I'd either try to teach or get into something with international development. And you've been accepted into a master's program somewhere as well, right? Yeah, I got accepted to a master's program in Toronto um, for teaching, but uh, I figured this is my, I'm still young. I still have a chance to play professionally, may as well try. So I uh, contacted everyone I knew in Asia who could possibly have connections to the ABL and uh, Eventually, uh, a couple of those people came back to me and gave me numbers, and I followed those numbers, and then eventually I got onto the Zhuhai Wolf Warriors. Okay, so you make it onto the Zhuhai Wolf Warriors. Your first experience as a professional ABL basketball here. You start the season. Um, what, what are your thoughts? What are your What are your thoughts of the of the league as far as from the beginning from Zhuhai in your perspective there? In the first, how many games did you play there? Sixteen, seventeen? Yeah, yeah, about. Um, well, for me, it was just a shock. Like, I remember that first game we played um, uh, Eastern. Uh, it was just, it was, it was sort of surreal. I didn't, because I've been watching the ABL for some time now, and then I was like, I'm in the, the I think it was the first game of the season. And we got, we got killed, but it was still like a surreal experience for me, just being on the court, like having a decent crowd there, playing against guys I've, seen, I've been watching. It, it felt good to be, actually be on the court and have made it to the league. That's awesome. And so, so uh, Zuhai Warriors, Zuhai Wolf Warriors, you played with them for a while. And it, just from my perspective, it seemed like it was a little disorganized. It seemed like you guys went through a few different imports. It seemed like uh, the team was a little disjointed. It just seemed like you guys had a tough go. And, and 
So what, what are some uh, takeaways, you can take some positive takeaways from your time at Zuhai? What, what, what did you learn about the league as far as ABL and what you need to do to be successful in it? Well, I think the thing I took away from that experience was just to always be a professional. And even things aren't going well, things can be a little disorganized. You just maintain being professional and being a good teammate. And uh, you control what you can control. And through that, like, I got into a situation that I thought was good for me afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's just be positive, be a good teammate, and good things normally happen. After. Yeah, that's, that's really well, well said. Okay, so halfway through the season, um, you get released by uh, Zuhai, and you get you picked up get picked up immediately by the Macau Black Bears, which is a very good basketball team. We came off a semifinal berth last year as the Chung Fu. Uh, I can't pronounce the the name, but it's Chung Fu. Yeah, yeah. And so they're in a great place to finish in the top four again. You get picked up, and what are your thoughts when you get picked up? I, I was so happy because I've been I've been watching and how watching them throughout the season and I liked how they played their style of basketball. So to be able to join them and then I also knew a couple guys who are already on the team, um, which just made the experience even better. And uh, yeah, it was great when I got there. Like they welcomed me with open arms and from there just enjoyed it a lot. Yes, yeah, so you said you liked the style. What was their style like? And I like their style as well. Well, we play fast. We shoot a lot of threes. Right um, up your alley, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. perfect for me. Um, yeah, and uh, we all know our roles on the team, so it was easy to fit right in. Yeah, so, so the, the ABL season is, is, is pretty crazy, right? You have 26 games. You have essentially, what, five or five, four other teams in your conference. You play those teams four times, and you play out of conference uh, two times, right? So you guys are, are 26 games in the season, and you guys are on the road a lot, right? 13 different games. Um, tell me what, what kind of the travel is like on, on the road this year. I, I've heard it's quite challenging from a number of the singer players as well as, as other teams, out of Filipinos players who have come in here. Yeah, it, it's, it's tiring because you're on a bunch of flights, and sometimes you have a bu- long layovers. Um, but you just you sort of you have to adjust because that's how it is. So... Uh, you know, you treat your body right, you try and get as many good meals as you can, and then even if the flights are long and tiring, you s- everyone's doing it in the league, so it's not a disadvantage to anyone. Um, so you just adjust and make the best of it. So how are you guys getting, how are you guys staying in shape? What, what kind of fitness stuff are you doing? Are you, do you guys have a strength and conditioning coach? Do you have yeah, we have programs? A strength, yeah, we have a strength and conditioning coach, uh, Seb, he's, he's from Poland, great guy. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll lead our stretching, so we're all... So for injury prevention, and then he'll get us in the gym. We'll be lifting like two times, three times a week. Yeah, and are you able to keep your nutrition up as well uh, on the road? Because I know, I know, anytime I travel, and I don't travel a lot. It's really tough for me to not only stay in shape but to eat right. It it can be difficult, but like I have a couple of clo- close friends on the team, and we'll go explore and find places where we can get good food. Um, and then normally at the hotels, there's a gym, so if you want to lift, you can do that. Where's the best place you've been to this year? What's the what's the the best city you've been to? The one you enjoyed the most? Uh, pr- probably Singapore. Oh, nice. I mean, so we were we were here a lot, so like I got to really experience the place. So I remember you telling me that when you guys got bumped to play uh, to be sixty, you guys were all excited because you're coming to play Singapore. You thought you could beat as well as coming back to a city that you all enjoyed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Okay, well, we're talking about um, places to play as well. What 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 place is the hardest play to play in? What what gym is the Oh, by far it's uh, CLS. Oh yeah, Indonesia. CLS is not safe. It's the it's so difficult. I mean, they have a great crowd. Um, the rims aren't particularly friendly, and neither is the court. It's it gets a little slippery. Um, and when you're sweating, and you're sweating a lot in there too, so the grip on the ball is not great. 
I definitely did not play well there. Yeah, I, I saw the night the game one of the semifinals against Mono CLS. The the fans were screaming at Romeo Travis, and they were having a dialogue. And all of a sudden, you see a bunch of the fans fingering him, and they just have a, such a fun and crazy atmosphere there. I I love it. They're so engaged there. From the beginning of the tip, they're screaming at the other team and, and cheering for their own and passion. And I, I, I would love to go and uh, watch a game there. So any, any CLS fans, if you want to hook me and Shriner up, Chuck Shriner up some tickets, we would love to come out there and, uh, and see what that atmosphere is all about. So you guys, you guys finish uh, sixth in the league and you draw the Singapore Slingers in the first round of the playoffs. 3-6 matchup. Um, what were your thoughts going into that series? Well, we went 0-2 against them in the regular season, so... We were actually sort of excited because we thought we owed them a couple games, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're a tough team, but we also thought we could have won. And I think the series showed it could have gone either way. I mean, it was like a, a game three was the last second shot. So Yeah, and I, I, I'll be very transparent with you. I picked uh, Singapore in two. I thought they were going to sweep you guys. And, then, you know, I, you're my boy. I love you. But I, I thought they were going to take you down. And in, the, in the third game, then, when you guys were up, two or three points in the last 90 seconds there. I was very, very worried for Singapore because I really believed that this was, this, uh, I really believed it was their, this was their year and I really wanted them to win. I think they deserve it. And so uh, I was very, very nervous there. And you guys had a shot, you had a three, a Mike McKinney three, probably one of the best players in the conference. It was almost uncontested chance to put you in the semifinals there. So you had to have been happy with that, hey? I mean, yeah, we, we got the shot we wanted and uh... Just, you know, sometimes they don't fall. I mean, he hit a buzzer in game two, yeah, yeah. and it was, it's just yeah. like that. Like, yeah. He either goes in or it doesn't. Yeah. So what do, you, what do you think about the sling, sling, Slingers moving forward? Like, obviously, they look great against Hong Kong. What's, what's their strength? What are they good at? Well, uh, there are three imports, Fields, Young, and Alexander. They can really defend, and, and they're strong, and they're, they have really good length. Um, and I didn't realize this at the start, but they're a great transition team. When they push the ball, they're really hard to defend. And when their local guys are knocking down uh, their threes, they're tough to play against. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they have a good chance to win it all this year. Yeah, I, think, I really think that this might be a team of de uh, destiny. And, and I, I, didn't, I didn't see it until the end of the year, and I, I really see it now. And the, the team that I kind of analogy that I make is, I think the Slingers are a little bit like the San Antonio Spurs. They've, their discipline that Coach Neo and Coach Johnson kind of have and the structure that they have from top to bottom Every year they're there, and at the beginning of the year, uh, no one would have picked the Slingers again to be in the finals. Three of the last four years they've been in the finals. Everyone at the beginning of the year was talking about Alep, talking about Mono, talking about Macau. No one would have picked the Slingers again, and all of a sudden they're there in the finals again. And they just are, have a really good job of, of structuring their team and mixing their locals and, and their imports. And then uh, they do a really good job of finding the imports that match each other. And man, they're. Uh, they got a good, they got yeah, a good they're franchise a good there. Team, yeah. yeah, and they got a very good uh, programmatic structure. And yeah. I, I really respect them. Yeah, I think the other thing that's really good about them, they always stay composed. Like yeah. I, I didn't like when we were playing them and it was close game. I didn't, they didn't never seem that frazzled to me. Like they just kept calm, and I think that comes from uh, their leader, um, Alexander. Yeah. So uh, CLS is playing mono in the other semifinal. Who do you think goes to play? Who do you think goes and plays the Slingers? I think CLS. I think their home court advantage is, is too strong, so I think they'll, uh, they'll make it. Okay, so we got CLS from and the Singapore Slingers in the finals from Jenny Leung. I like it. So on this podcast, Jen, a couple uh, days ago, we did like our end-of-the-year awards. Um, and so we went through kind of who we thought the, the best import was in the league and who we thought the best local player was, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I would love to, to if you could just throw out a few local names who you thought were uh, 
pretty talented basketball players this year and people who you and, and why you think they're so talented? Um, so local guys? Yeah, local guys. Uh, I'd say, well, Ray Parks, he's, he's very good. He's very talented. Um, How come? Why, 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 is, why is he so good? What makes him so good? He's strong. He, and he's, he's deceptively quick and he's, he's a, quite a good shooter. And when he gets it going and when he gets in his rhythm, he's very hard to stop. Okay, and so uh, how about any imports? Any imports that you... you uh... Who I thought were quite, yeah, quite yeah. good. Um, playing for Macau, playing against Macau? Well, uh, playing, playing... Well, the guys on Macau, like, I, just, they're, I think they're really, really good. They can score. Um, Mike is just lights out. I've seen him go for 50, so I know. I've seen it firsthand. He's lights out. Um, and then when we had... I didn't get a chance to play with uh, Anthony that much, but uh, when we had the Warwick... Every practice, I'd be going against him, and he is an excellent defender. Like people know for, know him for like shooting, but wow, he's he his length makes it so difficult to uh, to do anything on the court. Yeah, it was crazy too because he uh, I saw him play here a couple of years ago in the Mighty Sports uh, uh, for the Mighty Sports for Philippines, and he, he played against the, the Shanghai Sharks in the final of a tournament here um, called the Lions Cup or, or something like that. But um, he's old man, and so he, when you guys picked him up, I thought, oh, this is this is not going to work out. He's not going to be Tucker. He's, he hadn't played for a while, right? Mm -hmm. He'd been sitting on his couch and wherever for a while. And all of a sudden, in the first week, he comes in. He's like only four or five years younger than me. He goes for 40, 40 and something else in the first week. And I was like, oh, this guy's got guts. And I, I truly yeah. respected him for that. He seems like he seems yeah. like a really nice person who's a, a extremely talented basketball yeah, player. Yeah, he's a great teammate. Okay, so for other teams, who, who do you like? Who do you think is uh, um, special? I thought... Uh, Malcolm Miller. Yeah, 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 from Formosa. Yeah, he, he just, like, you don't notice it that much in the game, but, like, he has a very strong impact. Like, he just, he hits timely shots, he can pass the ball, he's good in the pick and roll. And, uh, yeah, I think he, he, was, he was very impressive when we played them. Um, who else? I thought, oh, when I, when I was with Zhuhai, we played um, Eastern and... Uh, uh, Elliot, Marcus Elliot. He, yeah, I, he's good. Yeah, and I didn't know he was, um, he's like 36. He's old too. Yeah, and he's just so strong oh, when you wow. play against him. So, like, I had to guard him he for a look it. No, I had to guard him a lot for that game, and, like, I didn't realize how strong he was and how much separation he can make from me defending him and to get his shots off. Like, that was very impressive. He was really good against the Slingers in that second game. He, he, and he killed uh, uh, Al Filipinas as well. He, he looked yeah. really good with that kind of dynamic duo guard that they have with uh, O'Darian Bassett and him, kind of the, the dueling banjos. They look really, really good. So, um, so okay, so going forward here for you guys, uh, what do is, what is, what the Macau Blackbirds have to do next year to win the ABL championship? I think we just got to, I think we got to work on our, our defense. I think that was one of our weaker uh, areas for this team. Um, and I think when, when we play together and we're sharing the ball and moving it, uh, I think that's when we're at our best. And... And we get to run out, get open threes, attack the rim. Everyone's in a rhythm. I think that's what we have to do to be successful next year. Yeah, I mean, I saw you guys a couple times this year, and I agree. When when you guys were uh, when you guys were all shooting the ball confidently, and there's there's five out, and you had that kind of pick and roll going with whatever guard and and uh, Watson or Watkins, Watkins, Watkins. Yeah, him him pick and popping or picking and rolling. It, it it was a really nice dynamic that you had. Not many other teams could match up with you guys, and I think that yeah, it just. You came across a really hot and good defensive team towards the end, and you guys were one possession away from moving on to the semis. And 
I think you guys beat Hong Kong, and all of a sudden you're in the finals because of one possession. So I thought that was real tough. So what about you? What 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 uh, for Jenny Leon going going forward as a professional basketball player? What do you need to work on to uh, to improve on? Because I believe that you have the potential to be one of the best locals here, and you had a really good 20 minutes a game, seven points, two rebounds, two assists, rookie year. What do you what do you have to do to get better and to improve? Well, that was the thing I was really excited about once the season ended. I was like, I've had a year in the ABL. Now I know exactly what I have to work on. So. I think personally, I got to work on uh, my ball handling, and also gaining some like uh, like st strength in terms of stability. So when I'm attacking the rim, because I I thought I could get by guys this year, but for me the issue was I'd get by and then when I try to finish, I'd get bumped and then it'd throw me off on my shot. So I think that's one thing I have to work on. And then secondly, what I was a huge adjustment was uh, you don't have time in this league to really like get, find your rhythm. So I need to be in terms of shooting, I need to just be automatic. So I have to be ready and like when I catch the ball, consistent and just always catch ready and believe in my shot's going to go in every time. Yeah, even if you don't have those reps, right? Because you're, you're used to being one of the best players on your team, so you're getting that volume amount of shots where you, you don't get it in the sleep, right? You have to be a knockdown shooter on those one or two attempts. Yeah, you um, got to be consistent. Okay, so how do you do that? What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing now? Um, well, I'm going to start getting the gym, start like the weight room and start lifting, get stronger. I have, a, I have a program I'm following back in the Philippines. And then in terms of gym, I need to get my conditioning right, and then I need to get tons of reps in, but I have to do them at game speed. I think that's the major thing for me. And getting the spots that I'll be in in the game and work on those. All right, so what do you expect for the ABL next year? How does, how does it improve as a league? What is, uh, and what have they done well this year? Because in their ninth season, it seems to be growing in the, in the fan bases uh, seem to be getting more passionate and uh, more involved. Yeah, I think they're doing a really good job of promoting the league. I mean, it's all over social media, so I think that's a great way to start, and social media is huge right now. Um, so they've, they've got that covered. Um, yeah, and I think maybe, I think I've heard they're maybe adding new teams, I don't know, but uh, if you add that, just it's going to grow even more, and then you have more fan bases and it gets more competitive. Yeah, the, the thing that I really like about it as well is it's regional. I feel like, like some of those domestic leagues, and I'm not trying to uh, get on any leagues here, but like the PBA and stuff like that, there, there's uh, a lot more politics that come into uh, in, in, involved and, and kind of uh, hurt the league in some ways. And I feel like the, because it's regional, there's a little bit more parity. You saw that in the, both the seven and eight seeds winning in the, in the playoffs there. And so um, I'm excited for the future as well. And so when, when you go forward here, uh, how do you... How do you get your teammates, and how, do, how does it, the process go from a, a professional standpoint? Do you have your agent working for you right now, or you, have you already signed? What, what, what goes on from there? Well, right now, this, well, the season just ended, and I think everyone has, may have different contracts. But, uh, yeah, so basically you negotiate again with your team, and hopefully they bring you back, and then you start up again around September, and then hopefully put together a good season. I love it. And so, so Jen, it's been amazing to have you on here, but it's, it's uh, always fun because I had the opportunity to coach you as a middle schooler, and if you would have told me, how many years ago is that now? Oh, almost like, like 10? Yeah, yeah it must and be more. More, more, like yeah, 12. Yeah. 12. 12 years ago, if you would have told me that you'd be playing professional basketball in Asia as an international school kid at a school of a thousand, uh, thousand students, I would have said, get out of here, and I wouldn't have believed you. So what do you, what do you say to a kid who's trying to do that now? What do you say to a kid who's, doesn't matter if they're an international school kid, if they're a kid here in Singapore, what's the, what's the key? What's gonna get those kids to the next level? What's going to uh, help them succeed? I think um, 
major, the one major thing is you have to have a passion for the game. You got to love it. And once you have that, you just got to persevere through the lows and then you got to work extremely hard all the time. Like it may not show right away, but if you are consistent with how hard you work, good things will eventually happen. Yeah, and I think you had many opportunities to quit. I think you had many opportunities, or uh, many people who told you to quit. I think you had many uh, haters who told you you weren't good enough. So that, so my thing that I'm the most proud of you is that you just continue to persevere and to continue to get better and continue to have that kind of growth mindset. And so um, I think we're almost done here. But uh, last question uh, I want to ask you is um, who... Who do you want to emulate going forward as, as a basketball player or a person? And what, where do you hope this takes you? What, where is this going to take you in the next five, six? Do you have, are you just kind of doing year to year? Uh, a little year to year, but I definitely want to keep playing for at least five years. And then uh, hopefully I think my goal, like now that I'm here and I've seen the level it is, I think if I could somehow keep working, get better every year, I'd like to be in the race to be a local MVP. Oh, I love it. So ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. Local MVP, Jenny Leung in the next five years. Love that confidence. Um, so a uh, big thanks to Jen for coming on uh, Shoot Around, the Shoot Around podcast. Uh, you can follow us at uh, Instagram at shootaround65 or our website at shootaround65.com or Facebook and you guessed it, shootaround65. And hopefully we'll get a YouTube thing up there if we can figure out it. We're not the most techy tech savvy people over here at shoot around so uh we'd also love some help if anyone is good at that and uh jen any last words or anything to say uh thanks for having me this is a big time podcast <laughs> for our dozens and dozens <laughs> of followers out there uh this has been scott mckinnon and, and uh, jenny leung and we look forward to hearing uh you from you guys and your feedback and Hope you guys give us all the positive and negative feedback because we're only going to get better if you guys continue to do that. So thank you for listening and we will check you next time here on Shoot Around.